Good Sunday morning to you, family. This is Chris. You're listening to Encouraging Your Spirit, the podcast. I hope this message finds you doing well. It is Sunday devotional. So I hope you'll join us for this fantastic discussion. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ, his son. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ, his son. And now, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks, give thanks. Give thanks. Gracious God, we are thankful, thankful for another Sunday in which we can see your goodness all around us, in us, within us, through us, and everywhere that we look. Your beauty, your handicraft, your mark of excellence and wonderfulness and grace and kindness and compassion is everywhere. Help us enlighten our hearts so that we can see it. But this morning we declare your goodness. Declare that you are wonderful. Declare that you are amazing. Declare that you are faithful. Declare that you are generous. Declare that you are merciful. Declare that you are our good, good father. Declare that you are the God that delights in us, that knows our very name, that knows the number of hairs on our head, that sings over us, that's a banner over us, that's a healer, a restorer, a deliverer, that your love is unfailing, that you are constant yesterday, today, and forever. We remind ourselves, we declare it, and we stir it up in our hearts, and we say it out loud to just give you thanks and gratitude for all that you are. We just want to take this time and this moment and this space to be present right now to declare your goodness. We just give you glory and praise and just wanted to say thank you, to give thanks for all that you are. We lift lift you up because you're the lifter of our heads. We list and every care that we have, everything that's on our mind, we lay it at your feet with the attitude, with the mindset of knowing that you hear us, that you're the God that sees, that you will answer. Help us to continue to grow in you, to be love, mercy, and grace, to walk in it, to move in it, to be who you call us to be, to move as you call us to move, to act as you call us to act. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How y'all doing today? Just wanted to come by and give you Sunday devotionals today. Uh, Let's see, where are we? Turn with me if you can. We're talking about wrestling today. So I hope you tune in for this fantastic discussion. Let's give the uh, 
the definition wrestling means to take part in a fight either as a sport or an earnest that involves grappling with one's opponent and trying to throw or force them to the ground or struggle with the difficulty or problem uh, a wrestling bout or contest a hard struggle and where the scripture that we're using today is we are in genesis i'm turning here we go genesis 32 22 32 the new international version might not read to 32 might be just to 30 we'll see and it's jacob wrestles with god so uh genesis 22 let's start let's read read it if you can or or, or later uh, it says that night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent all over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Excuse me. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. But he replied, Why do you ask me? Excuse me, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. <clears throat> so Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God's fa God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. So that's the scripture that we're reading. Why are we talking about that? Because I've been thinking about wrestling. Wrestling in terms of the definition uh, that I talked about. Wrestling as it relates to everyday life. And I know this isn't the only scripture that speaks about wrestling. But I thought it was an interesting one to talk about. And here's why. Because I was reading one of the commentaries uh, this earlier this week. And thinking about what we would talk about on Sunday devotionals. And I loved how it talked about how... And I, unfortunately, I don't have the specific link to tell you the website it was on because I, I didn't save it. But I love how the one uh, depiction of this these, these verses and talking about the concept of wrestling talks about how God met Jacob as a wrestler. So that's who God was representing. And the interesting thing to me is a depiction of the fact that when we look at who Jacob is, and when we look in, in the uh, Bible, Jacob is first mentioned in the Bible, uh, Genesis 25, when Jacob's mother, Rebecca, was pregnant with him and his fraternal twin, Esau. She inquired uh, of God, this is his mother, as to why her two babies were fighting in her womb. And God replied that the enmity between the two brothers was a foreshadowing, foreshadowing for the two nations that would arise from them. Jacob would be the forefather of Israel. It's also important to note that Jacob's name is derived from the Hebrew verb, which means to follow. Jacob was born grabbing onto his twin brother Esau's heel. In in some contexts, they call it and say Jacob is a heel gra uh, heel grabber. And uh, another thing to think about and important to note is 
Jacob's intention to undermine his brother of both his birthright and the father's blessing. When we look at his character in the Bible, you know, he was depicted uh, in the wrestling encounter, as we we're talking about, also with trickery and deception. I mean, think about it if you ever have time to read the story in Genesis, you know, Genesis basically robbed, uh, not Genesis, in Genesis, Jacob robbed Esau of their father's blessing. Uh, Jacob's most trick, most notorious act of trickery was when he uh, um, offered his famished brother a bowl of soup in exchange for his birthright as the firstborn son, which was a double portion of his father Isaac's inheritance. Then it was also Jacob was deceiving his uncle Laban. In return for 20 years of service, Jacob tricked Laban into giving him his desired choices of wages, speckled and spotted sheep and goats, by stripping back the branches of poplar almond and plane trees and placing them at the watering troughs, so where, where the strongest animals came to drink and mate. So, I mean, so when we're looking at it, Jacob is, is a person, his character at that time is always somebody that's wrestling, that's trickering, trickering, uh, using trickery and deceit. Yet it isn't just the fact that Jacob does that to other people because Jacob himself was a victim of deceit. Firstly, when, when you look in historically in the scripture, you know, Jacob wanted to marry Rachel. That was his first choice. But firstly, after seven years of service, Jacob's uncle tricked him into marrying the eldest daughter Leah. Then made Jacob work further a seven for, make, excuse me. Then uh, Laban made Jacob work seven years longer just to marry the youngest daughter Rachel, who had been Jacob's first choice of bride all along. Go back if you ever can in the podcast. There's a one that's called "All I Ever Wanted." It talks about this a little bit in detail. Uh, in detail. Lake, Lake, uh, Laban also attempted to cheat Jacob out of his wages. So when we get to today's scripture in our devotional, you know, we have Jacob who's returning home to Canaan with his family after many years of service under Laban. Jacob received the news that his brother who had threatened to kill him uh, for his past trickery uh, was on his way to meet him. And this has happened earlier in this scripture because we're in 32, Genesis 32. Uh, despite sending gifts of appeasement, Jacob was afraid for his life and family. And he had prayed to God for help and sent his family and possessions on ahead of him to protect them. And it is when he is left alone in his camp, this is when he has this experience of wrestling, you know, with God. And, you know, I think about that in the context of what, you know, what does this mean? I find it interesting when you're saying, you know, he's he's wrestling with God. We know that it's God because of, you know, the scriptures in pre previous times when um, God reveals himself to people through angels. Though that's not what this is. But historically, I'm always interested in how you'll see stories and how they show up again. And so you have Jacob and God wrestling. And it's, it's striking to me that God appears to Jacob in the same form 
that Jacob is, as far as like character wise, as far as who he is. He's a wrestler. He's a person that's always, you know, wrestling. You, that actual act of wrestling, and that's how God relates to him. And I find that interesting because I was thinking to myself, okay, where have you seen this before? I know, for example, in the book The Shack. I don't know if people have read that book. It's it's interesting in the book because um, the central character has problems with his father. So when he relates to God in that story, God is a woman. I know that's not the same thing as this, but I'm talking about the idea of how God relates to us, how God comes to us, and how we can see God, and how he comes as in ways in which we can see him in ways that are relatable for us that might not necessarily be relatable for somebody else but how God does that in order to relate to us in order to to commune with us so that we can get whatever is needed to be gotten or understood or dealt with in that time I find that extremely fascinating and I was also thinking you know as you see later in the end of the story you know, Peniel is the place where he met God and he didn't die because you have to realize at times uh, during this time, if you did see God face to face, you would die. Yet, you know, that's why he, he labels it the place of uh, Peniel because he should have died, but he didn't. And he holds on to God until, you know, he he um, he blesses him. And I know many times when we hear this story, the part that's focused on in songs or in, in, in sermons is that until you bless me and that's not our focus for today i was really just thinking about wrestling and how you have jacob who's wrestled all his life and tricked and deceived and here he is running in the middle of the night and he has an encounter with god that changes his his life because as we see his name is changed instead of his name being jacob his name is now israel and the interesting thing is some commentaries talk about, okay, when you look at his former name, uh, his former name meant independence, but Israel is said to mean dependence on God. I don't dispute that that could possibly be how that's seen, yet I'm still just struck by the idea of wrestling and how many of us in our present day life, because for many of us, the issue is not a birthright. The issue is not rivalry with a sibling. Um, or thinking, you know, or this experience in general, but wrestling with our day-to-day tasks, wrestling with our dreams, wrestling with our purpose, wrestling with being the best version of ourselves, wrestling with the results of the the election. You know, it's kind of like people are like, some people are like, oh yeah, you know, it's great that we have, you know, the Biden and uh, Harris as elected officials in January, but that doesn't change the fact that we got to see racism on display or that black people, trans people, uh, people of color, minorities, disabled people have constantly been wrestling with being seen, wrestling with getting access to basic needs, wages and health care, or wrestling with the fact that while you and your life might be all good, all great, everything is good for you and your family, There are other people that are making real sacrificial decisions and they're making these decisions even when there isn't um, an election going on. They're making this decision every day. So wrestling with that, you know, wrestling. So it's it's just interesting to me. And I, I really wish that I had an answer 
you know, for you to say, you know, well, I have an answer to solve this. I don't, I don't have a solve, you know, an answer that will solve that. But I was just thinking about the concept in, in wrestling and how we as individuals wrestle with so many things in life. We're trying to overcome moment to moment, millisecond to millisecond. We're trusting and believing God for small things, big things. We're just believing and continuing to move even when you have yet to see it, to trust that everything is going to work out, even though we don't know what that means when we say everything is going to work out, because it may or may not work out like you think that it will, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it won't work out. And I guess the encouraging point about wrestling is staying the course, because when we look at the scripture, that's what Jacob did. Even though, I mean, it could possibly say when you look at how his life had been, he had every reason to stop, to give up. But yet he reached a pinnacle point in his life where he did surrender. At least that's the way I see it. Feel free to share with me what you think. That's just that's just what I wanted to stop by and talk talk with you about. How are you wrestling? What are, how, are, how, are, how are you wrestling? How do you wrestle well in life? You know, because there's no way to get out of life without wrestling with things. There's there's no way to do that. I know in a perfect world we say, oh, you know, it's going to be great, great, great. We think about it in terms of, you know, our dreams, in terms of, of our everyday life. And sometimes it can feel like um, the whack-a-mole experience. You remember that game we used to play when we were kids where, you know, it's a, it's a bunch of objects and, and every time you think just keep popping up. And I was thinking this morning how life is like that. You know, some days you don't have anything that pops up. There's nothing to whack at. And then other days it can feel like you're doing that every moment of the day. And you're constantly wrestling. And there are people all over the world that are wrestling with things that may or may not be our experience, that may or may not be things that we're, you know, we even understand or have lived, yet it's still valid. And how do you stand in the gap? How do you fight? How do you be encouraging to all people to uplift our our other siblings in the body of Christ. And I think that should be our goal is to acknowledge that it's true. We do wrestle with all kinds of things, experiences, situations, and thoughts. And while that's also true, let's think about ways that we can wrestle well. Let's think about ways that we can stand in the gap for others and encourage and uplift them and just be present for them, even if we have no solution. How can we do that? And that, to me, is what I think the goal of our day, of our journey, should be. Be a blessing. Be a gift. Be an answer to all whom you meet. That's all I have for you today. I thank you so much for tuning in. I hope something has been said that encourages your mind, your heart, and your spirit. I love you. Talk to you next week. You be blessed. You can always, always reach out to the podcast for your prayer requests, feedback, and comments to Encouraging Your Spirit Podcast at gmail.com.